We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. This is Metroscope, an Intercom Portland Public Affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. Joining us this time on Metroscope is Leslie Lee, a Portland artist. After years of doing sculptures and paintings, she is now taking an activist role with her art. She is the founder and director of the Soul Box Project, which is a national community art project calling for the making of one hand-folded paper box for every person killed or injured by gunfire in the U.S. since 2014. Hey, welcome, Leslie. Thanks for being here today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm pleased to be here. Awesome. It's great for you to be joining us. And talk to us a bit about this project that you have going on, the Soul Box Project, uh, to reveal the gunfire epidemic. What is the project and what purpose does it hold? Yeah. Well, you described it really well. This is a national community art project. And what we are doing is uh, creating a visual accounting of the number of gunfire victims in the U.S., and the, so the way that we're doing this is we've asked people to make little origami boxes. They're three-by-three three boxes um, that hold space for individuals who have been killed or injured. And then we're collecting these by the thousands, <laughs> and our intention is to exhibit them all over the United States so that uh people can actually see what this looks like. Um, our, our mission is really threefold. What we want to do is count and honor the victims with these boxes and displaying them, and then providing solace for people making the boxes, because this is a very healing activity to do. And then we're also providing a dramatic visual support for all these initiatives that are out there that are trying to do something about this issue. You know, there's um, Moms Demand Action and Everytown USA and the Parkland Kids and Oregon Ceasefire, and they're all working really hard, um, but they don't have a visual. They don't, they don't have a way of taking those huge statistical numbers and having them make sense to people. People need to see, you know, what, what the what the piles look like. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what we're trying to do. Awesome. And you have a bit of an art background, as I mentioned off the top. Um, and so, how did that kind of inspire this effort? And, and tell us a bit about uh, just kind of how the Soul Box Project started. And it started recently, right? I, I believe within uh, the last two years. That's right. Yes. Um, yeah, so I, you know, I have been a professional artist all my life, and one as I have gotten older, one of the things that <clears throat> I've been wanting to do with my art is to make some kind of a difference, you know, to, uh, which is hard to do, <laughs> especially when you're, you know, you're doing a painting and it's very obscure and only maybe only 50 people will see it in its entire lifetime, and so I'm... Uh, one of those people who wakes up in the middle of the night with some grand scheme, you know, to save the world. And usually you wake up in the morning and you go, (laughs) 
uh, no, I don't think that's going to work. Um, but on the morning after the Las Vegas shooting, which was in October of 2017, I woke up to the news that came across my screen on my phone, and I didn't want to look at it, Preston. You know, it's, mm-hmm. there was just too much bad news going on, and I just did not want to look at this shooting. And then later, when I went to the gym, and all six TV screens in front of the treadmills were talking about the 59 people who had been killed and the hundreds of others who had been injured, I was so appalled. I mean, not only by the tragedy, but by my reaction to it, that I just wanted to turn away for my own comfort. And so that next morning... I went to bed, you know, again, how how can I respond to this? And I actually came up with an idea that I thought might work. And so in the morning, I went to look at statistics and found um, gunviolencearchive.org, which is a really great place to find the whole rundown on this, you know, the numbers of what's happening. And I was looking at those numbers, and I was just thinking, my God, these are... These are huge. These are too big for anybody to, at least for me, to to comprehend in my mind. Like over, <clears throat> at this point, I think it's over 200,000 people in the last five years that have been killed by gunfire. And then you add on another approximately 22,000 every year for people who've committed suicide with a gun. That's just mind-boggling. And so my my thought as an artist is we need to make these numbers physical. We need a visual so that people begin to understand. And a good um, example of how this works is the AIDS quilt. And you're young, so you may not even <laughs> remember the AIDS quilt, but um, that th- this this thing that we're doing with the Soulbox Project is like an AIDS quilt for this epidemic. Mm-hmm. No, I, I think that's a, um, I think it's a great cause. I think it's a great way to incorporate kind of your uh, skill set and expertise and your professional background uh, with raising awareness. So it sounds like a very uh, purposeful effort, if you will. So we have these origami boxes that I'm seeing on uh, your guys's website, and it sounds like uh, they kind of come from all over the place. Um, if I'm correct, people from. Uh, all parts can make these and send them to you and just talk to us a bit about uh, kind of how these uh, boxes work, um, the boxes that you use to represent the lost lives. Yeah. The, um, I mean, people ask me all the time, why a box? <laughs> you know, And that's just the idea that I came up with. You know, um, I, I knew that in order to make our point, whatever it was that we chose to represent these victims, it was going to have there were going to have to be thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of them in order for the you know in order for it to make the proper impression and not just be some little community art project you know so um, again, the AIDS quilt, for instance, that epidemic started in the in the 1980s and um, that quilt covered the National Mall in 1996 with 37,000 of those quilt panels, which were about three feet by six feet coffin size for each individual. And 
the numbers for gunfire victims are about five times that many. And so I realized that whatever it was that we were going to use needed to be um, small, needed to be uh, lightweight, easy to mail, something that anybody could make, something that people would enjoy making, want to make. So a box is a, you know, it's a, it's a container to hold the space for a lost life. And sometimes we get them with messages inside of them. Sometimes we get objects inside of them. I know that at least one of them has a has a fishing lure inside for the person who was killed. I had been shown how to make these masu boxes. It's a it's a traditional origami box sometime before, and that just seemed like the logical place to go. And then it was a very short jump from box to soul box. Okay. And uh, yeah, I mean, as far as incorporating art as a way of storytelling and kind of getting your message across, um, you can check out their website. Uh, by the way, for all the listeners out there, I've been looking at it, soulboxproject.org. Uh, really informative website, has kind of what the whole organization's about, uh, exhibits and events uh, they've been at or will be at. Can you just talk to us a bit about kind of the impact you've seen um, this way of storytelling uh, get that message across? Um, yeah, what what we're trying to accomplish here is um, to, well, for one thing, to, to help bridge gap. Um, because this, this national conversation around guns is so divisive. And but but it doesn't have to be you know i mean um what we if what we'd like to do is be able to bridge the gap between the no gun and the pro gun sides of this whole conversation um and no mat because no matter what side of that conversation you're on grief is grief uh, it doesn't matter whether somebody has been killed through violence or defense or accident or suicide we all feel the same about those lives lost, and that's that's what we're that's what we're trying to get across. And so, our language is <clears throat> very carefully chosen to say gunfire, lives lost to gunfire, rather than gun violence. Okay. Everybody else uses because violence gets all the press, you know. But truthfully, the mass shootings. Are, I mean, as horrific as they are, they're about they're less than one percent of the whole problem, and so um, that that's that's the message that we're trying to get across. So uh, the one the, in the in the boxes that come in that are for children that have been killed due to accidents with guns are really heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's just those those ones just really get to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what we would like to have happen is <clears throat> that when people come across um, one of these exhibits or when they are making these boxes and <laughs> watching them pile up and count, you know, seeing how their individual voice is being added to a larger voice, is that they'll have an aha moment about <laughs> the whole thing. Um, and, you know, if, if anybody says, wow, maybe I really should go home and lock up my guns. Or maybe, you know, I'm going to go home and write my legislator. Or I'm going to ask my gun club if they could ask, 
you know, add another safety class. Or I'm going to talk to my kids about anger management. Now, if any of those things happen as a result of this project, it, we will have succeeded. Mm-hmm. That's the kind of thing we're trying to do. We're trying to reach the, reach the hearts and minds of people so that they can make their own choices about how to reduce gun deaths in the U.S. And I really like the way you put that as far as, uh, you know, gun violence is uh, its a divisive topic. It becomes super political whenever anyone wants to discuss it. But uh, you guys are kind of approaching this in a more peaceful, less divisive way. Uh, and I think that should be commended. Uh, so you guys took... 36,000 boxes into the state capitol building in Salem back on February 15th. Uh, And again, this is Leslie Lee, a Portland artist, uh, joining us, who is the founder and director of the Soul Box Project. Tell us a little bit about that experience in Salem, if you could. Oh, yes. Um, So we've been collecting these boxes for, um, you know, since since October 2017. And we have over 40,000 of them. They are coming in from all over the U.S. and um, mostly from Oregon because this is where the buzz is, you know. Um, the word of mouth is out here. Um, but um, we planned long ago, actually, before the Parkland shooting, we booked the Oregon State Capitol to let us have an exhibit in their Galleria West, which is opposite the Rotunda in the lobby of the Capitol, and um, we booked it for February 15th, having no idea that shortly thereafter on, you know, that the next year the Parkland shooting would happen on February 14th. And so this action that we took in the Capitol was actually the day after the first anniversary of the Parkland shooting, which gave it a poignancy that it might not have had otherwise, and it was completely coincidental. Um, So what we did was we have all these um, boxes in in bags, and we've exhibited them differently, and I'll tell you about that with another question, Um, but we have them all packed up in these clear plastic bags so that people can see what they look like inside. We filled up a 25-foot truck with them took them down to the Capitol, and 100 volunteers had signed up to come and carry these into the Capitol building. And we did this in a long procession that was uh, led by a high school kid, Tristan Kruger, from um, South Salem High School, who had a, a snare drum. So we have this wonderful cadence that that people are listening to from the snare drum. In this long procession, we chose a woman who was using a walker to lead the procession. It was nice and slow. It's a perfect pace. She was so great. She says, I can take a bag of 500. I have a walker. (laughs) And um, so everybody was just into this. And it was a very respectful uh, solemn. It wasn't a rally. You know, nobody was carrying signs. Nobody was chanting. No, we weren't doing any of that. We were just solemnly carrying this number of 36,000, which is the number of people who died from gunfire in 2018, carried them into the Capitol, 
um, we were allowed to go into the rotunda. Again, the woman who was leading the procession took, took the whole procession around in a big circle in the rotunda before they piled up on the steps for photo ops. The press was there. It's great. And then we and then we took them all back into the Galleria West and piled them up. And it made a pile that was about 10 feet by 15 feet by about 6 feet high. I mean, it's a big honking pile. You know, I mean, this is something mm-hmm. that you can't ignore. And then we also had some of the panels that we've been making to display these um, boxes that have messages and names on them. So a few of those were hanging also. We definitely had one for um, a group of, of organ victims, and we had the Parkland victims also. Okay. And on all of our exhibits, we always have a place where people can sit down and fold, learn how to fold a box, make a box for someone they know, or just for all those people that we don't know mm-hmm. <laughs> that need to have a space held for them. Yeah. Uh, and then how are people finding out about the project and what kind of feedback have you received from uh, you guys showing up and, and having events like this at the state capitol building? Um, I mean, it sounds like some media were there, and so you probably got some exposure that way. But, uh, yeah, how are people finding out about the project that you have going on? And and has anyone kind of come up to you and discussed any impact it's had or, um, you know, shot you an email or a, or a phone call? Or what, what's the feedback been like also? I'm going to giggle a minute because did you hear what you said? Shot you in each. Oh, well, well. Our language is so full of that. I mean, when you when you start catching yourself, it's amazing. Yeah. It's, it's just really, <laughs> I just had to say something. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, the, the reaction has been very positive. I mean, uh, you mentioned earlier that you thought that, uh, the fact that we're n- not political, that we're not lobbying for legislation, that we're simply trying to raise awareness so that people can make up their own minds. Um, I think this is what people are responding to. They're, um, it's a really beautiful way to address a really, di- you know, a really distressing issue. And so I think the success of the project really has to do with um, the fact that people um, – really want to do something. And I have had people, you know, stop me or call me or whatever and say, thank you so much for allowing, you know, giving us a way to respond, you know, for, for giving, letting my, my voice about this issue be joined together with all these other voices to make, make a big noise and a big visual noise, I guess I should say. Um, And so, yeah, there's. I think there's a lot of gratitude out there um, from people who are, um, you know, who want to respond. And I have to say that um, the volunteer team that has come in around this is amazing. I mean, I I'm the artist in this group, but there are um, we have a copywriter, we have organizers, we have you know um, social media person. And they're all just as passionate about it as I am. And they're all younger, which is great, too, because mm-hmm. their energy is boundless. And um, and so, you know, coming together, we're able to uh, move ahead with this. And, and where we want to go with it is to take it national and to have at least 200,000 of these boxes being displayed on the National Mall. Why not? Right? Wow. 
in 2020, mm-hmm. which is the election year, um, I can't guarantee that that's what we're going to do because they don't let you uh, reserve a space on the National Mall and, and until it's within 12 months when you want to do it. So we have to wait a bit. And, of course, it's going to take funding to do that. So um, from here on out, um, that's kind of our biggest issue. We're, we've, we, can talk, you know, we can talk about how that needs to happen. Yeah, so soulboxproject.org uh, is their website. This is Leslie Lee, who's a Portland artist and the founder of this project, joining us uh, this time on Metroscope, just a few minutes left here. Um, yeah, I mean, what's it, it's been impressive how far you guys have been able to take this thing in, in about a year and a half to two years, and you've gotten some uh, good press lately. And, yeah, I guess you can kind of hit on all that. What's next? How do you kind of expand? I, I saw that uh, stat on your website that you just listed off as well. Um, but, yeah, talk to us a bit about kind of what's next for the project uh, and what you guys want to see happen and any upcoming events that you may have uh, locally that any listeners could partake in uh, or just show up to. Yes, exactly. Um our next exhibit is going to be at the Multnomah Arts Center, and that is in, during the month of April. So it opens on April 5th, and will be there through the 30th. And this is going to be an exhibit um, probably more like the exhibits that we'll be sending around the country in that we have all these panels that we've made with boxes, individual boxes on them, um, the entire gallery will be filled with thousands of these panels so that people, you know, so that they're not just in the bags where you can't see them very well, but these are the ones that have messages on them. You can see them individually. It's really a very beautiful display. And then you get into it and you need to, you know, look for one of those Kleenex boxes that we always have on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, so that's coming up. And the other exciting thing that's happening um, in regards to the Multnomah Art Center is that it looks like we are going to be able to lease a space from them to use for our headquarters, which is really exciting because we are completely out of space. We're, we've you know, outgrown two basements. We've already filled up an entire storage unit with these things, and we need to have some place with an office and, and a, you know, a place to work on these displays and so on and so forth. So... Uh, if people are interested in this and they want to participate, um, they can make boxes and send them in, but they can also help us with financial support. Okay. And yeah, that was going to be my last question as we we wrap up here is if people want to get involved, uh, again, I mentioned the website, soulboxproject.org, uh, where you can see all the awesome things they're doing. You can see the artwork and any upcoming events, um, Soulbox Project has, but, uh, how would people get involved, whether they want to make boxes and send them in or whether they want to uh, donate to any upcoming uh, events or causes, like you said, getting a kind of a home base established uh, for the project? How would people go about getting involved? Right. Okay. So, um, as you said, there's all kinds of information on the website about how you can make boxes, how you can send them in, how you can drop them off at places in Portland. Um, there's you know, another great thing that you could do to help us is to tell people in other locations outside of Oregon about this so that we can start getting the national connection going. Um, you can volunteer. Again, there's lots of different ways that you could do that. But because we have all these boxes now, we have to do something with them. <laughs> and so um, our biggest need really is financial support. And we've gotten this far um, 
from a $10,000 grant from the Fetzer Institute, a $25,000 grant from the Oregon Community Foundation, and over $10,000 in individual uh, donations. But now we're about to sign a lease, which means that we've got monthly expenses that are going, looks like they're going to total about $3,500 a month, and so we're looking for sustaining donors. So um, you can do that online. It's tax deductible. Just go to soulboxproject.org and there's a place to donate. Um, our volunteers and box makers are the driving engine of this project, but the funding is going to be the fuel that keeps it going. Awesome. Well, Leslie, we uh, appreciate uh, the work you're doing, and the uh, art is uh, really cool looking on the website, all those different boxes I saw, the um, collages, if you will, that you guys kind of put together on some of your videos on there. And uh, thanks for coming on and, and joining us today on Metroscope, and uh, best of luck with the expansion, and it sounds like you guys are moving forward in the right direction. So uh, best of luck with uh, everything here in the uh, near future. All right, good. I hope to see you at the Multiple Art Center. Come and see what they look like. We were talking today with Leslie Lee, founder and director of the Soul Box Project. Metroscope is an Entercom Portland public affairs program. I'm Preston Highfield. If you're involved with a nonprofit or public affairs organization, or if you have an idea for an upcoming show, I'd like to hear from you. Visit MetroscopePDX.com and submit your ideas. You can also go to this station's website and submit your information there. Thanks for listening to Metroscope and enjoy the rest of your weekend.